We will start up in Hillsboro, where it appears that there actually was an earthquake yesterday midday. And uh, folks all over Hillsboro reported hearing a loud boom and feeling the ground and buildings shake shortly before noon yesterday. Folks initially assumed it was an earthquake. The U.S. Geological Survey said they had no record of seismic activity in the area. Speculation abounded for the next 24 hours, with theories ranging from an explosion at the nearby rock quarry to a sonic boom from an aircraft. By midday today, the Geological Survey backtracked and said it was, in fact, a minor earthquake. 2.2 magnitude with an epicenter in Orange County, about 2.6 miles southwest of Hillsboro. So there we go. Mystery is solved. Yesterday was the first day of early voting, and we saw 73 folks show up at the Orange Works in Hillsboro to cast their vote yesterday. The last time we had an odd year municipal election cycle was back in 2021. On day one of early voting then, only 21 voters made it out to the polls. We also got endorsements from the Triangle Blog Blog in the Chapel Hill Carborough City School Board race. They went with incumbent Ronnie Dossie and candidates Vicki Feaster-Fornville, Barbara Fetters, and Honoria Mido. You can find more of their endorsements by visiting Triangle Blog Blog. Town of Carborough is moving forward with its Bowling Creek Greenway Master Plan. It's just about 14 years after its initial document was passed. Town Council voted on Tuesday on a conceptual direction for the final phase of the Greenway's alignment. It came after three months of surveying residents and getting hundreds of responses. 97.9 The Hills' Brighton McConnell has council members' thoughts on moving forward and details on this alignment that was approved. Like during the 2009 public engagement, the majority of respondents to the town's public input process said they preferred the Creekside Trail alignment, an option that will eventually run from Estes Drive near the railroad crossing through the Carolina North Forest and run alongside Bowling Creek until reaching the trio of schools off of Sewell School Road. Two-thirds of the community members that participated said that was their preference, with the Carborough-specific respondents agreeing at that same rate. Citing that data and discussions with town staff, the council approved a resolution moving forward with that creek running alignment 6-1. to one. Council member Sammy Slade said he was thankful to reach this point, as finding a solution and path forward for Bowling Creek Greenway was a key topic when he first joined the council. Slade said he felt it was disingenuous to look at options outside of the 2009 plan, since those had already had such deliberation at that time, saying he believed it's time for action on any alignment. But Slade said that he supports the Creekside alignment specifically because of how it overlaps with the Owasa easement and established foot trails in that area. The things about this route is it's already compromised. It's, it's impervious. It's eroding. The life that people claim should be there is not there. I mean, you can walk on it. You can see on the, I'm talking about specifically the compacted path. And I do believe that this alignment will actually improve the situation there. Council member Susan Romaine's comments largely fit with Slate's. She added that she believes her stance on the alignment options has evolved as she's read over the environmental impacts, walked the trail, and discussed the project with staff and residents. In an endorsement of the Creekside Trail alignment, Romaine pointed to it being the most accessible option and the best fitting with the town's latest comprehensive plan. It can offer community members of every age and physical ability and socioeconomic background 
safe and affordable spaces to commute, to recreate, to reflect, socialize, and to really enjoy just the awesome beauty of Bolin Forest. The council's discussion and vote Tuesday came after more than 90 minutes of public comment on the issue, with several community members further sharing their support for the Creekside Trail alignment. But as reflected in the survey, there were some who disagreed with that option and spoke in favor of either different greenway alignments or alternatives not in the 2009 master plan. Councilmember Randy Haven O'Donnell, who is the lone dissenting vote on the council, said they believe the town should seek further options and that the creek running alignment has not been demonstrated as substantially more practical than the others. O'Donnell argued that there should have been more town discussion about the environmental impact as well. When we regard a forest and creek habitat as an infrastructure amenity, we disregard the rights of nature, its stability, and its ability to endure. Carborough Mayor Damon Siles pointed to how, at this stage of the project, environmental reviews and compliance with state regulations will be completed before any physical work is done. He voiced his support of the alignment by saying the 2009 plan and results of the 2023 survey demonstrate not only how it will serve the most Carborough community members, but also how it was time for elected officials to take a stand. If this council had initiated this process six months earlier, 12 months earlier, 24 months earlier, I can guarantee you that we would be getting the same heat about rushing the process. In reality, it has now been nearly 14 years since the adoption of this plan and the first direction by the council to obtain more input. Here we are just needing to finally make a decision and approve a conceptual alignment for this last remaining piece of an otherwise fully approved Greenway plan. With the approved resolution, Carborough Town staff will return to council in the spring to share next steps needed to move forward with the Creekside Trail alignment. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Brighton McConnell. Thank you, Brighton. You can find a print version of that story by visiting chapelboro.com. Over to campus now, where UNC has changed the date and time of commencement for this year. The spring commencement ceremony will be on Saturday, May 11th at 7 p.m. in Keenan Stadium. Traditionally, the ceremony's been held on Mother's Day during the day, so this one's going to be a day before and in the evening. You can find more details in the news article on chapelboro.com. Got some fun stuff to talk about in sports, so uh, let's get into it. We'll start by talking about women's soccer, which is not quite as fun as I'd like it to be. They were playing number 12 Notre Dame last night. They did not lose. They did not win. They've done what they've done six other times so far this season, and that has finished the game in a tie. 1-1 draw last night. Avery Patterson with the goal. That's her sixth of the season. Carolina back in action on Sunday, hosting Syracuse at 1. And they are taking a record of 9-0-7 into that matchup. Also be a men's game on Saturday, or excuse me, on Sunday. After the women wrap up with Syracuse, the men will be hosting Louisville. They're aiming for 5 o'clock for that start. Lots of stuff going on today. We got uh, both the men's and women's tennis teams in the ITA Regional Championships. Swim teams down in Wilmington for a meet against UNCW. And uh, we also have the field hockey team in action right now. And they are taking on um, Virginia at the moment. Get you a score on that here shortly. 
Um, speaking of Virginia, we've also got the UNC football team taking on Virginia. That's going to happen tomorrow. It is the South's oldest rivalry. Cavaliers are just 1-5 this year. 10th-ranked Heels will be heavily favored, but as 97.9 The Hills' Michael Coe reports, they are taking nothing for granted. The year was 2005, and Mac Brown's Texas Longhorns were 10-0, ranked number two in the country and headed into a matchup with Texas A&M to finish off a potentially perfect regular season. The Aggies were struggling at 5-5, five and five, and Texas was coming off a 52-point win over Kansas the previous week. All signs were pointing toward a burnt orange blowout. Then Brown got a phone call from his friend Bill Parcells. You're in trouble, Parcells told him. The Big Tuna could sense Brown's team was more focused on a possible BCS matchup with number one USC than the rivalry with the Aggies. With A&M's larger goals for the season gone, it would bring all it had into the matchup with Texas. During his weekly UNC press conference, Brown recalled the chilling warning Parcells issued to him. So he said, you're like that big rat that's eating the poison cheese. And he said, you're going to die now. You're going to eat the poison cheese and you're going to die. And I mean, I got scared to death sitting there on the phone. I'm, I'm saying, I got, I got you, coach. So I, I went downstairs and I hung a, a piece of cheese from every locker and I put his quote up there. Parcells' words turned out to be Gouda advice as Texas struggled with A&M in the first half before finally pulling away in the second. Now, Brown said he's giving the same warning to the Tar Heels. In order to avoid a monster upset at the hands of 1-5 Virginia, number 10 Carolina can't eat the poison cheese after a 6-0 start. Brown brought up the story after being displeased with the Tar Heels' midweek practice in preparation for the Miami game. The Hall of Famer said he felt Carolina was simply resting on its laurels after beating Syracuse, similar to how last season's team collapsed after reaching 9-1. Brown, quote, ripped the team after the practice, and last Sunday had what he called one of the toughest post-win team meetings he's been around. The message is clear, and it seems like Brown's players have taken it to heart. Here's linebacker Cedric Gray. Playing UVA, they're a 1-5 team right now. We, we can't get complacent. You know, we have to play to our standard each and every week, no matter who we play. Um, this time of the year where upsets are very big, and we're not going to let that happen to us. So we're going to come out focused and handle business like we're supposed to. Carolina is listed as a 23-and-a-half-point favorite over the Cavaliers, by far its largest point spread of the year. The Hoos are mired in a tough season and are likely the weakest side the Tar Heels have faced so far, but according to veteran offensive lineman Corey Gaynor, the margins are still razor thin. This game is fickle, and I've used that word twice now, but it's true. Uh, it changes, changes um, every second. You, you, you wouldn't believe uh, you feel on top of the world one day, right? And everyone's patting you on the back. You lose one time, you give up one sack, you give up one TFL, the, uh, the narrative changes on you. So we're always looking for what's next. Gray and Gaynor look to have followed Brown's advice and refrained from eating the poison cheese. It's unclear whether the same can be said of AP poll voters, who have the Tar Heels in the top 10 for just the fourth time since 1997. Unfortunately, Carolina lost each of its last two games as a top 10 team, including the season opener at Virginia Tech in 2021. The poison cheese had done its job. Now, Brown has acknowledged his team's maturity is on a different level from two years ago, 
benefiting from leaders like Gray and Gaynor. But he also said while that leadership has removed some variables from Carolina's week-to-week performance, he's still not entirely convinced. We know Virginia is going to play hard Saturday night. We knew Miami was going to play hard Saturday night. How are we going to play? Are we going to walk around all week and be cool and talk about all these stats about how many times we've been 6-0? Better not, because then you, you won't be 7-0. It's hard to forget a shot across the bow like that. But just to make sure, Brown repeated his actions from 18 years ago. When the Tar Heels returned to the locker room after practice this week, each and every locker was festooned with a piece of cheese. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Michael Coe. Thank you, Michael. That game tomorrow is sold out, so if you are looking to go and you don't have tickets left yet, you might want to look in the secondary ticket market. Kickoff time 6.30 tomorrow. Our coverage starts at 3.30 with Inside Carolina Live. Also got some news from the women's basketball team. Maria Gacting has been named to the Lisa Leslie Award watch list. That goes to the top center in women's college basketball. Congratulations to her. In baseball, UNC beat Liberty in fall exhibition action yesterday. Final score 14-1. to Congratulations there.